Hello everybody, welcome to my blurred opinion, welcome to episode 186, I hope you're all doing well, this is just another great interview and uh, I just like to get right into it, I don't really explain these, I don't even know why I do them, I should just, I guess, input the music and then just jump, it, jump right into the interview, but I don't know, I've been doing it this way for so long that I'm just like, yeah, just keep doing it. Maybe someday I'll just say, screw this whole intro thing, and I'll just jump right into it. Um, yeah, now I'm rambling. So let's get into it. Um, again, thank you all for being here with me. Uh, I heard someone do this once, and it does make a lot of sense. Like if you would like to follow me and get to know more about me, I am a very good follow on TikTok and Instagram. It is at My Blurred Opinion. So please follow me. If you reach out, I will talk to you. Um, and again, please share, comment, subscribe, and like, and, um, it'll be very much appreciated. So thank you all, and, uh, let's go. Okay. Okay, everyone, we are here, we are back, um... Again, uh, I always tell everybody where I find people. This one, obviously, is Podmatch once again. And um, the good thing is, like, a lot of times when I do these, I don't usually have, like, I have, like, background information on them based on their profiles. But this woman I actually got to talk to for actually a few hours. We kind of had to cut each other off because we just kept going. And <laughs> it was, but it was very fun, entertaining. And it's always nice to meet a new friend because. As I said early on in the show that I wanted to, um, early on in the existence of this show, is that I wanted to kind of, you know, create a, a place where we could become friendly and support each other and so on. And, you know, you never know how it's going to turn out. You don't know if, like, you're actually going to make friends or, you know, you might just be promoting someone's book and their their story and that's it. And that has happened. But uh, I'd say more than, than not, I've made some good friends out of it. And it seems like here's another one. So, um, and she has a really... Traumatic story, there's a lot there that's really sad and, um, you know, really frustrating for someone to have to go through, especially someone now I'm starting to, to like and care about. It sucks that she has to endure this, but as I've said also many times, <clears throat> that it's it's always great to these people out here who are taking their, their pain and turning it into something positive. So here we go again. Um, you want to share your name and obviously talk a little bit about yourself and obviously welcome. Well, thank you, TJ. Uh, it's a joy to be here. Um, yes, I'm I'm Laura Mangan Broom, and um, I'm a resilience coach. And I have a message of hope that I like to share with um, your audience and, and with others um, to know that uh, you can transform hardship to hope and flourish in life. And I have. Um, through my own hardships, I have discovered um, what I call kind of a, a simple three-step action plan to um, transform pain into purpose and thrive in life. And I'm very honored to be here to share this um, information with your audience. Of course, yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, as we... Her and I talked about a lot the other day, and, you know, we, we talked a lot about, you know, because it's, it's easy to talk about, you know, pain or purpose for your pain, but you have to kind of, you know, a lot of people can say that, but you actually have to understand how pain works and how it really feels and 
obviously you've been on the the end the other end of it where it, it really can change you one way or another unless you figure out who you are and you make some real adjustments um you've actually gone through some real challenges in your life yeah yeah the the, the most um uh recent was uh three years ago when uh, covid shut everything down and I um, had a successful heart transplant, um, but then a month later, I found out um, my husband was leaving me for another woman, and uh, that was really devastating because um, we had um, been married almost 30 years and um, had uh, um, a grown son, and um, my other son um, had um, died by suicide a few years prior to that. So it was um, a lot of tragedy I was experiencing all at once. And so I, I um, had a, I had a lot of feelings and uh, a lot of emotions that I had to work through. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> actually losing a child. I mean, hell, I mean, like I told you, I saw a lot of things, what my mom went through, and then I told you my friend who died, I know her parents, and I saw what they went through by losing her. And mm-hmm. it's... It's, it's obviously, you know, there's that whole antic of, you know, you never want to bury your own child, but, you know, it's, right. it's, and it's, you know, just as hard just to watch them go through the traumatic pain and everything. And obviously for you, you just lost them suddenly. And, um, it, it's, I don't know, there's really no words to kind of explain, you know, even when you lose somebody who's important to you, but, you know, mm-hmm. as, I'm not a parent, um, you know, I'm sure that, I mean, I know you have an, oh, you, I guess you should kind of talk a little bit about him and obviously like the background where he's from and all that, because he have, obviously has a unique story. Yeah. yeah, he, um, we adopted Gregory, um, when he was 10 in, uh, 2006 from St. Petersburg, Russia. And he, uh, was three months older than our other son and they became really close. And we had Gregory for 10 years before he committed suicide. And um, he was a, um, it was really wonderful to see him progress um, from you know, becoming a part of our family. He had to learn American culture and learn how to speak English and, um, you know, um, integrate into a family. And it was like he was the missing piece to our family. Um, we just felt so complete with him, and he, he was a, a wonderful boy. He uh, loved computers, and um, so when when he when he uh, died, it was a shock. I was in the hospital um, getting ready for some breast cancer surgery, and um, so it, it was again another another devastating. Um, experience um but um i decided i had to um because of my christian faith i decided i I had two choices i could let this these events make me bitter or it can make it can make me better and um i had to definitely go through my grief stages and and process my emotions and um, once I got to the acceptance stage, I decided I wanted to honor his memory. And um, because he was an um, a Eagle Scout um, with the Boy Scouts, and 
uh, he and both my sons were in, um, they both were, had entered the, um, army national guard, uh, when they turned 16, um, their, uh, my husband at the time was also, um, in the, um, army, um, reserves. And, um, so he, he really was a good kid. There was just something that he was going through, um, towards the end that we didn't know too much about. And, uh, so, um, so as a result of that, I figured one way I could honor his memory was becoming a mentor with, um, foster youth, an organization here in San Antonio. Um, they help, uh, foster youth, um, transition out of the, uh, foster care system. And, um, um, move out on their own. And so just like when we adopted Gregory, a lot of the, as kids get older, the chances of them becoming adopted is very, very slim, even in the foster care system. And, uh, so those kids need to be, um, felt loved and, and cared for. And so, so I've been a mentor with the, um, foster youth for about four years now. That's and awesome. So that's how I honor honor my son's memory is um you know helping others. Yeah, I think however you do it, you know, it's whatever's good for you because you're the one that has to still live with it and you know there's still that missing piece in your life that you can never fill. And so you you have to live with it however you can and that's the thing everyone has their own way of doing it. Everyone has their own unique method. So it it, it you know and one of the things you were you were talking about and we talked about before as you know, you being religious and, and, you know, I think one thing that I've, I've never said, you know, out loud to myself or anything, not that I was hiding it, but I think sometimes mm-hmm. religious people, and again, there, there are obviously nutty people that are just way too into it and, and, you know, they're a little bit cuckoo, but there are people who just mm-hmm. genuinely believe in God and it gets them through the day and it gets them through all their problems. And sometimes anybody who isn't like fully into faith, we look at them or they look at them like, because oh, you, you can go through something like losing your son, and obviously you cried, and, and you, you went through your pain, and so on, but sure. you, you could actually say the things that you're saying, like, well, you know, I had to either let this take me, or, you know, I had to just continue to move on and keep my faith and all that, and I think sometimes we just, some people will just say, well, yeah, but I have God, so I'm good with it, and no matter how bad or traumatic it is, that still is some form of strength, regardless of where you got it from or not, and I think sometimes people who are you know, who deal with their issues differently and maybe don't have a calling or have someone that they believe in, um, they tend to look at you like, well, what, what the hell's wrong with you? What do you mean? Your son just died or, you know, you're you're fighting breast cancer. You're fighting this. You're fighting, like, why, why, why would God give you this in the first place? And how are you, like, and, and instead of just kind of recognizing and appreciate your, like, your resilience and the fact that you're still somehow able to smile and, and pull yourself out of bed, Sometimes I think some people focus on the negative of religion or, or mm-hmm. just the love for God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I don't think it's talked about enough because I think there are, like, again, there's some people that are a little cuckoo with it and they take it too far and then everyone kind of resents them. So then anybody who actually pulls out the God card, it's like, no, God got me through this. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, that sure, just like that. And like and just like God got all these people through all these other crazy things. And it's like, no, sometimes it, it really is. Uh, something that's worth having and, and having faith and, and, and love for God. It's just, like I said, I, I don't think people get commended enough for kind of sticking with it because you and I talked about it 
um, the other day about how easy it is and how you kind of looked at it from my perspective or someone in my shoes who is going through the shit and, you know, losing my sight. It's easy for me to just go like, God, why would you do this to me? Why would you curse me? Instead of looking at the way you looked at it and it's like, okay, I'm giving you challenges that you can handle regardless if you can see it or not, no pun intended. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you'll see it later. And and like I said, I don't think people in your shoes get commended enough for something like that because it's not something that really gets discussed all that much. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll tell you, and it has annoyance in this way, um, but because of the hardships I've gone through in my life, um, I mean, there was a time that uh, that I almost gave up on my faith because I was angry at God, and uh, that was um, when uh, my mother, or our mother passed away, um, I was in just early, early thirties. And it was just, uh, she died of a massive heart attack, completely unexpected. And, um, and I was angry at God and I was like, how can you take her away from us? And what are we going to do? And, and I was like, you're going to have to prove to me that you can bring good out of this situation because, um, uh, just prior to, to that happening, um, the, the pastor at our church had, had given a sermon God can bring good out of everything, even death. And and that and I just remember telling them, you're going to have to prove to me you can, because right now I'm 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 angry. I'm very angry. And um and and he did. He he um he got me reading the Bible, and um you know, everybody's got their opinion on um on uh, religion and and who they. Um, choose you know higher power and 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 I I honestly feel I mean I find comfort in knowing that there's somebody bigger than me that is in control because I I have limited resources and um and, and God has not let me down um I can honestly say that he's not let me down along the way and um but it's taken a lot of hardship for me to trust in him that i know if i'm going to go through a hardship he is going to help me get through it and and i have to look for that good and um as i say hunt the good stuff and uh and and the best way to do that is by practicing gratitude and you know we we talked about that that Sometimes you look at the situation and the only good thing you can say is that, well, thank goodness it's not worse. But then when you start thinking how it could be worse, that's where you're going to find the gratitude is, um, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 it takes, it, it takes the practice that, but you can do that. And once you start finding things to be grateful for, then the joy follows after that. And, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it's not easy. It, it's something I had to practice. Um, cause like I said, um, three years ago, I was at my lowest and, um, looking back now and to see how far I've come, I see, I can see the goodness that God brought out of that and, um, and, and finding new opportunities and focusing on what I can do instead of what I can't do. And again, I think that you can find gratitude just in that too. 
Yeah. You know, my life has completely changed from three years ago, but I, I have a second chance at life with a new heart. So it was my choice. What am I going to do with this second chance in my life? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and again, it's really, you really don't know what's going to happen. Like after someone dies, especially when there's such a huge, you know, focal point in your life, you can't really replace that. You can try mm-hmm. find pieces like people that give you certain aspects and little pieces of their character, and and maybe it'll it'll help. Obviously, it does help you to it helps to surround you with you know good individuals that will you know brighten up your day, make you laugh, make you feel comfortable. But you can't really no matter what someone is, they could look just like them, they could have similar sense of humor, or whatever. But they really done they just you know there's just something like I've always said like my one cat who died. You know, I'll never probably love anything more than I loved her because she got me through so many times, so, or so mm-hmm. many bad times. Now, the cat that I have yeah. now is actually more loving, but it's because she got me through some times, and when, when I needed something to hug, she was there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like, like I said, my cat that I have now, who, by the way, the podcast has officially started because he's now climbed up next to me, and he knows it's <laughs> podcast time. Uh, right, Mr. Bullet? Yes, he's showing me his belly. Um <laughs> But I mean, I love him dearly, and you know, I love, I'm petting him as I, as we speak. But you know, there's just something about her, even though she was kind of more of a bitch at times. It was like, oh, but she got me through life, and I can never repay yeah. that. And and you know, she was just she was everything to me. Um, and again, you know, and I, it, again, I'm an animal person, but there are people, like I said, I lost yeah. my friend Lori and, and, you know, I, I can't mm. replace her. I, I know a lot of people who I might even love on the same level as her, but they don't, mm-hmm. there's just certain parts, there's certain, you know, joy and certain things she brought me that no one else can bring me because it's just, she was her own, right. her, her own person. Um, but you, you know, yeah. again, at the same time, you still have to go on. And you still can't dwell on, oh, my God, I'll never find someone who brings me this type of joy. Or I'll you know, never find someone who fill his spot. Yeah, you, you just got to leave that for what it is. And sometimes, I don't know, maybe we just have to realize there are, everything kind of has a time limit to it, including yeah. life. And sometimes we realize, like, there's certain interactions with people that we kind of dwell on. We go back in time in our head and we go, man, I miss, you know, like our teacher, Mr. So-and-so. Uh, he was just so yeah. funny and it's just like, well, I'm, you know, I moved away. I don't know his number. I'll probably never see him again. Never talk to him. But it's like, hey, I did have him for three years. Like he was a great guy. And, and you know, it's just you just got to and they're just friends like that. There are relationships. I mean, I, as long as it yeah. didn't, you know, there are relationships that ended, on, you know, on a turmoil type of basis. That was just awful. But there was, there was a, maybe a month or two where you just were happy and smiling. It's like, man, those two months were one of the happiest times of my life. You know, just so yeah. so something in this something that's this you know horrifying, of losing a child, regardless of how bad it is. Sometimes you just gotta have to sit back and go like, I did have this in so many years with him. I did have you know he did bring me this, and there you know you get to carry mm-hmm. some of him with you every day. Now when you go to do these things where you're impacting foster kids and all that. Well, and you know you bring up a good point. Um, I'm sure everybody can relate to this. Everybody has at least one friend or several friends that you, you can talk to and you get busy and, you know, a year goes by or months go by, a year go by, or even years go by and you get back in touch with each other and you just kind of pick up where you left off because they've been busy too and you just, you talk and you enjoy each other. Maybe you see each other, and then time goes 
where they kind of just come in and out, yeah. you know, of, of your life. And, and, and that's kind of, to me, that's kind of how life is. You're going to find friends who, um, you know, I have a friend that we lost touch for 10 years in just because life got busy and different things were going on and we got back in touch with each other. And it's like, my gosh, we didn't lose a day. We just picked up where we left off and, and it's been wonderful, you know, and nobody took offense to it. And, and, um, life is kind of that way. We, we, people come and situations come and go in our lives and we have to appreciate it, you know, while we have it in, you know, in, in my old age, you know, I'm, I'm 61 now. And I, I laugh because, like, I wish I had, it could have this type of outlook and attitude when I was younger. Um, because I focused on um, things that weren't as important. And, um, and, and, and I didn't adapt to change well when I was younger. And now, after going through so much change, loss, um, grief, and being able to find the positive in situations and find the good, even find the humor um, in bad situations over time, um, it's it, it, it helped me to rediscover joy in my life. And, um, and it's hard, but it's a choice. And that's one thing that I always like to tell people is you always have choices. You might not like them at the time, but fortunately three things that are always constant in our life is death, taxes, and change. And um, we just have to be flexible with the change and look at it as it can be an opportunity. And instead of, you know, if we can be, if we can adapt to change and, um, and that, but that's a choice we have to make. We can't can't force anybody. We we can, we, we can only worry about ourselves when it comes to making those choices. And um, yeah. and that's something that I, I learned how to do over the last couple of years is focus on what's in my control to change to keep moving forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, change is so hard, so scary, especially when it is. <laughs> your constant or your norm is the same for so long. I think everyone has this yeah. vision of, you know, you know, especially like the white picket fence. Like everyone's just at home and mm-hmm. they're they're playing cards and eating pizza and just mm-hmm. enjoying each other. And they have this thing that they do, and you know, but all that does oh, is yeah. just kind of keep you stuck in the past because that's not going to last for long. Because one of these people is going to move away, somebody's going to die. Um, somebody's going to change one way or another. You know, I think that's one of the things that gets hard for parents where it's like their kid, they love you. They need you to survive when they're a baby. And then when they're younger, like mm-hmm. they start to grow into like around eight, 10, you know, they're bratty, but they still love you unconditionally. They're, <laughs> you're, they're everything. But then when puberty hits and, you know, they become a teenager, whether boy or girl, you know, all of a sudden now mm-hmm. all they oh, want to yeah. do is be, I mean, celebrities even talk about it, how no matter how famous they can be, they're not cool. Like Obama's talked about how his kids like don't give a shit about him, but it's like, oh my God, look at Taylor Swift. You took me to a Taylor Swift concert. Now that's cool. Yeah. And it's like, she's cool. Like, oh my God. And it's like, no, like he's, he's Obama. Like she would actually probably bow down to him. 
like in a way yeah. where it's like, oh my God, you are the <laughs> former president. Like you're just, and but it's like, no, no, but she, she sings like she's much cooler. Um, and you know, and, and that's the thing. So like, so you kind of have to, you know, remember the good times. Obviously they still love you and you still got to be a good parent. Actually yeah. probably parenting is even harder at that point. That's when you really kind of have to lock down and really kind of have to, you know, adjust and become a much stronger, you know, individual as a parent, because, you know, that's when they, they need you the most, really, because that's when life starts to hit them. And that's when, you know, sex and drugs and all these things start to come into their life, where it's like, you got to kind of guide right. them the right thing. But sometimes parents dwell so much on, oh, my God, like, we used to be best friends, and we used to go to the mall and shop together. And now all she wants to do is hang out with her friends, and she wants nothing to do with me. And it's like, that's just life, man. I mean, you look at animals, like, look, dogs and cats just like we just take their puppies and kittens and they just like oh, okay see you later yeah and i'm on to the next and all of a sudden they're just in someone else's house and they're not even th- you know like a couple weeks later they don't even think about their parents it's like you just kidnapped me yeah but nah, i don't give a shit now i'm just with you i love you oh my god what i had a mom oh my god so it's like when you look at rest of nature they do it all the time there's animals like pandas, pandas are horrible mothers. All they do, they'll have like three, four cubs, and then they get rid of the other ones and only nurture one. Whatever one they deem to be the strongest, they basically... Oh, wow, and I didn't they just, know that. Yeah, and the others they just get rid of. They just say, see ya, you know, take your chances out in the wild. And then the one that they do keep, oh. they, they like abuse it. They beat the hell out of it until obviously they grow up and they, they move out on their own, but they, they're very rough with it. And they're just... And it's like... Nature's not like, you know, we, we try to pretty it up by, you know, we try to beautify it by looking, oh my God, the majestic lion. And it's like, yeah, it's not majestic when it's ripping a zebra's throat open, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah, and so we, know. and we try to sugarcoat life like that, like, oh, you know, but it's like, no, your, your kids eventually grow out of you and it doesn't mean they don't love you. And obviously they kind of come around, especially if like their sons and their mama's boys and whatever, they come around and they love their parents and you know, the older they get, especially when they have kids or they, they find a woman, but when they're like 16 mm-hmm. and they're just now getting laid, like their mom and dad don't mean anything to them because all they care about is sex. And it's just the truth. I've been there. Like it's, I love yeah. my mom. I love yeah. my grandma, but you know, to, weirdly enough, before I let you go again, like mm-hmm. I've been having this conversation with my grandma lately. Cause I spend time with this one girl and it's like, my grandma's like shocked. She's like, you know, cause I was like, I'm having this girl over. She's like, and my mom was here for my birthday at the same time. She's like, where is she going to sleep? I'm like, in my bed. And she goes, what? I'm like, Grandma, I lost my virginity when I was 16. What? I'm, I'm 35 now. I'm still having to, like, talk to you about this? I have to, like, still have to hide the fact that I like women? Like, so, so yeah, my grandma, you know, she's 91, so way different time. But it's like, it's, it's, yeah. they have, sometimes your parents and your grandparents, they have these images of you and, and then they kind of forget where they came from. Like it's, you know, that, that's, that's really why, like, it's so important to have a mom and a dad in the kid's life because though I think a son is probably more important or a father is more important to the son as a mom is more important to the daughter, they'd still need both of them because a dad knows what guys are like. He can be protective and let them know. And there's just, there's just certain aspects that a mom brings to a son that a dad doesn't. It's just a more emotional, more sensitive approach uh, in most cases, obviously, but yeah, I mean, it's, and again, kind of going yeah. back, wrapping it up here, kind of going back to the, the original point is just like, yeah, sometimes you just got to realize like there's everything has a time frame on it 
and a timetable and you just kind of have to go, okay, these were great times. That doesn't mean we can't have other great times. It's just different. Right. And we sometimes get lost and, and, and we're not as excited about difference, but it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's so true because different can be good, yeah. you know? Um, but see that, that's how we, we just have to, we have to change our, our perspective of what change is. Um, change can be different, but change can be good. And if we look for those opportunities and, you know, like you were saying, um, uh, like my, my son and I are very close. He just got married this um, past summer and I, I love his wife. We're very close and, um, just recently found out that, um, uh, they're, they're going to have the first grandchild on my side of the family. And I am so excited and, um, you know, I, part of me goes, oh, but gosh, you know, look at what, the, the, what's going on in the world and they're bringing a baby into this world. But then I, on the other side of me goes, but, you know, there's a reason for everything and this child's going to have a purpose in life and we need to make sure that, you know, that I feel like my purpose is to help teach this baby how to be resilient. And um, life is always going to be, we're always going to have challenges in life. It's never going to be easy. Sometimes sometimes it might be, but but we get used to the easy times and then something, an obstacle comes up or a challenge comes up and we're kind of hit blindsided and, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting this. And if we can look at those as, you know, this, this isn't what I expected, but there's going to be an opportunity in here somewhere. I just have to find it. And I have to, I have to look for the good thing that's going to come out of this. Just one. I don't need to look for a lot of them, but at least one. Because if you can find one, you most likely will find another thing that's good out of the situation. And sometimes it takes us on to paths we would have never had the courage to take on our own. And like in my case, um, uh, I'm living a completely different life than I ever imagined, but I like it. It's fun. It's exciting. <laughs> it's gotten me out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. not a, a whole way out, but it is. But like you, I'm meeting new people um, online in, um, you know, and, and now I can say I've got, um, you know, a friend in Pennsylvania. And um, I have a friend in uh, New Zealand and a friend in Paris and all over the United States that I would have never met if my life had stayed the same, you know. And sure. um, and, and I, I think that's a, a, a wonderful – I hope other people get to – I don't want them to experience bad things happening to them, but I want them to experience getting out of their comfort zone and experiencing life. Because I used to, before three, prior to three years ago, I was at the point where I was just existing. I remember waking up one morning and going, is this as good as it's going to get? And and then my life was completely turned upside down. Yeah. And now I feel like I am living a, a wonderful life right now. It's completely different than what I expected. And um, But it, I, I'm enjoying life. I'm meeting new people. And I'm having new experiences, and I just wish and, and um and pray that 
that people can find the joy in their life. Practice gratitude. Look at change as something new and exciting. And and your your life will never be the same. It'll be a, a wonderful adventure. Well, I think that's why we have so many people who are so close-minded and racist and all these different things is because no one really, they stay within their circles and they don't, Man, a lot yeah. of these people, like I live in a small, somewhat of a small town, about 30,000 people, and there's a lot, and I lived in Philadelphia for, for 20-some years, and there's nothing but different cultures everywhere, and obviously, right. you know, it's also bled in with New Jersey and New York, so there's like this metropolis of all these different types of cultures and so on, and it's it's great, and then when I come here, which I was born here, but I come back here, mm-hmm. and yeah, there are black people here, there are some gay people, some Hispanic people, so on, but it's primarily white, and I, I'm not putting this all on white people but uh, as the people mm-hmm. that i'm surrounded by it's 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 dumbfounding like how little they understand about what's going on out in the world and other cultures that a lot of time it's just copy and paste what their parents or their friends mm-hmm. or whatever uh radio station or tv station they watch or listen to and you know it's just they don't leave their comfort zone and, and you know i like i had to learn that the hard way just because I stayed in house and felt sorry for myself and cried and, you know, wanted to, to end my life and all these things. And now I look at a lot of things so much differently. I mean, even like I told you the yeah. other day that I have this like eight things that I want to try to get done in the next four, four years. And the reality is like if I can look, look like some of the things on there are like fall in love and, and get a new house, a new place to live and a new mm-hmm. new job and get in shape and get rid of brain fog and whatever. There's two or three more. And, yeah. and but it's like the reality is like if I stay in my apartment, and do nothing about it, probably. I mean, other than maybe working out, I don't think any maybe the brain fog. There's nothing else really going to change. But like if if let's say I get a new exactly. if I pursue a new job, I could technically find the girl of my dreams there. It's potential, it's possible. Mm-hmm. I could make enough money to get myself a new place. Uh happier, you know, being happier could also lower stress, which could also help with the brain fog. Yeah. Um I yeah. could, you know, I could be in the right job that also I could meet somebody who comes in that day or or whatever, someone I meet who can also help me take my advocacy to the next level because that's on there. Um, yeah, and just all those things could kind of happen. And again, obviously, like or just an, an easier example is just the podcast alone. Like you and I talked about, it's like I could, I would have mm-hmm. never obviously met you. Would have never met a lot of these amazing people. Would have never gone back to talk to the kids at my former school with all the blind and visual impaired kids. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a chapter in a book. I wouldn't, you know, there's there's a lot of motivational right. speakings I've done. None of that would have happened if I didn't start the podcast. And that was out of my comfort zone because I was trying to tell myself no. Because no one's going to listen. Oh, no I'm one's sure going to care. So. You're a nobody. No one ever cared. <laughs> Why would you do this? So that's the thing. If there's anything, and again, it's scary as hell. No matter what you do, that's different. It's so scary. It's mm-hmm. And a lot of times, even trivial things seem scary because I didn't want to leave the house for so long. So even the idea of doing like mobility training, like going places and taking the bus. And, and, and there's still a part, there's like a partial jitter when I go to these places because I'm just... You know, because I just went through so much trauma and, and, you know, like derailment when it comes to people and how like belittled and a lot of things I had to go through that there's still there's still this weird anxiety that's kind of over me just being around strange people that I don't know. Um, But, yeah, the the key of it all is just you have to try to come out your comfort zone. And obviously, sometimes no one can really fully just go, okay, I'm leaving my house and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and doing that. No, start little. But you got to try Start little. That's so true. And, and baby steps, I always say consistent baby steps. And one thing I wanted to say about what you were just talking about, 
you know, um, if TJ, if, if you have not started your podcast, just think of other people need to hear your message because your message, your story is going to inspire somebody else. And um, because I, I, I know I have heard so many inspiring stories of just talking to people. And um, I mean, and, and your story is, is very, very inspiring because you could, you, you had the choice of either just, of just sitting at home and feeling sorry for yourself and being bitter and angry at the world because this was the hand you were dealt. But you chose to do something about it. You chose to step out of your comfort zone and start a podcast. And, and, and that one voice that you made is, is, is changing other people's lives without you really knowing how much of an impact probably, you know, and sure, it, yeah. but, but knowing that that one person on, you know, out there listening to your podcast, who just probably randomly came across it. Um, it's like, wow, you know, his story inspires me to do something. Yeah. So that, that's what I think is so exciting when we share our stories and, and, and hear other stories because, um, yeah, doing podcasts, this, this is new to me, very intimidating for me to share my stories because I tell everybody I'm just an ordinary person who's gone through extraordinary things. And, and I can tell you, if I can go through it, you can too. And that's why I want to help people. Um, you know, learn these three steps that help me overcome my hardship and, uh, you know, and, and help them. And um, because nobody needs to go through uh, really tragic um, experiences to learn how to do something like this. And um, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't want anybody to have to have to start their life completely over you know, sure. this late in life, but, but if I can do it, someone else can, you know, if somebody told me I was going to go through this, I'd say, there's no way I, I'd never survive anything like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and, uh, but that's just because of, of others, other people's stories that have inspired me not to give up and to keep going. And yeah. I, I think when we go through, um, when we go through challenges and we overcome, um, you know, you know, I, like I, I can't imagine going through what you what you went through. I mean, at such a young age, and, and it's like, what are the odds of that happening? You know, but it did. But there was a reason why that happened, and 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 it's like you you, you have to find your purpose in life because it's it's um, there's a reason. Um, with your impaired eyesight that's going to, and like they say, you know, your, your story um, of hardship is somebody else's survival guide. And I truly believe that, you know, yeah. so I'm thankful you're doing the podcast because I know you've touched my life with, with uh, how you've overcome your circumstances. So I know you're touching so many people live too with this podcast and and there's a bigger story you're part of a bigger story <laughs> and um uh i think that's so exciting so exciting i appreciate and inspirational that. yeah i appreciate that very much yeah i mean 
Again, and also it's just good to like you know I'm, we talked about it also before. It's like it's, I don't think we should compare like what we've been through, but at the same time you can also wake up and go well at least I'm not dealing with like like you can appreciate the fact that your eyes are okay or whatever. And even if your eyes aren't the yeah, greatest, well, you can appreciate they're not as good bad as mine. Um, right, yeah. and and it just it, it just shows too that I mean everybody is going through something. Everybody. I mean, and if, if you haven't gone through a, a, a major change in your life, you know, you, you, you might, but you know, we're, you can't go through life unscathed. <laughs> I mean, it's just impossible. Um, yeah, for sure. Unless you live in a bubble and, um, you know, it may not be to this degree, um, of what either of us have experienced, but, but, um, but we can, we we can share our story to encourage others, yeah. and to me that can make it all worthwhile. You know, well, and just being around other people that are strong. It's like I know a lot of times I I can some people in my circle kind of perceive me to be the strong one, even though I I don't know even know if that's true. Even though I am strong, but I know a lot of people around me that dis, have disabilities that are I I would find at least equally as strong. Uh, I just I'm just more vocal about what I. What, I'm, what I go through and I'm, I'm more honest and open about it. But, um, but it's just like having certain people, like just meeting you and, and all the people I've met throughout my life and especially this podcast journey, you know, one, I'm, I have, I'm, you know, I'm more grateful for the things that I do have and not, I'm, I'm less mm-hmm. focusing on my vision or whatever else that I don't have. Um, but at the same time, like it's, it's, it, you know, I keep saying like a lot of this really is like a video game. Like I'm not just the fact that I, you know, like I had said to you before about doors being locked and trying to find a key, but also just mm-hmm. like, I would continue to kind of unlock levels in my life, just with like, life experience. There's just certain things my eyes kind of metaphorically open up towards certain ventures and things that I'm like, oh, I just didn't have that experience. Like I, if I didn't grow up in a Spanish culture, my sister being half Puerto mm-hmm. Rican, I don't know. Would I have been racist? I don't know. It's hard to tell. But, like, I grew up right. around a Spanish culture, so it made me understand, you know, what it's like to experience someone, some people who are different and sort of look different. And so then when I actually mm-hmm. was presented with the the concept of racism, I'm like, well, this is stupid. Like, why, why would I hate mm-hmm. this person because they're a little darker and they speak another language? That's, it's actually kind of cool that they speak another language. Why does it? That's stupid. Right. And so, you know, and you just be, I, I unlocked that. Now, I unlocked it on an early level. Or most people don't. Some people have to go through certain experiences later in life and realize how dumb it is. But I got to learn it very early on. And there's just things now, like I said, the podcast opened up a lot of different ventures and a lot of things for me. I'd have never been in a book or, uh, like I said, I would have never met all yeah. these people because I was a very quiet person. I never cared about being a leader. I just wanted to be left alone because I felt like anything I said was stupid um, because I got picked on a lot. Um. And so it was like, okay, why would I ever speak up? And then it took for me to kind of be compared on my, my previous job to be compared to everyone else who was visually impaired and blind kind of as the same person, regardless if I was mm-hmm. busting my ass sweating and bleeding and they were sleeping, it was like, no, you're the same person. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm mm-hmm. slowly finding out who I am in life and you're not going to take this from me. So then it just all of a sudden this kind of rush of passion and, and leadership was like, well, we're not doing this. This is, I'm not taking that. This is, I'm, I'm a different person than I used to be. I may not want right. to vocalize it as much as I want, you know, I might not <laughs> want to vocalize it because I'm not a motivational speaker, at least not at that time. But my uh, stubbornness and my will to yeah. still want to be myself or, or at least 
be known for something different and be known to like be separate from everyone else kicked in mm-hmm. much more than it would have if I, if it just would have just allowed them to, you know, just push me down. And, and, you know, so the leadership came from that, but I had to go through a lot to even unlock that. I would, of course, I wish I didn't have to go through that to unlock it, but I did. So however, you know, uh, unique or uh, unorthodox method I came to, you know, achieve this, this unlockable, whatever character or, uh, characteristic, uh, I did it. And like I said, life is just funny like that. You just, sometimes you just achieve things that you didn't, you, you weren't headed this direction, but it was there yeah. anyway. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 honestly, it's a lot like that stupid game that everyone plays at Pokemon Go, where it's like, oh, if I go to this place, you can catch this. Uh, and it's like, yeah, I go to the grocery <laughs> store and you know, what? you could go, you could technically go to the grocery store and you could find the girl of your dreams. You're not looking for yeah, it, yeah. but it's like, oh my God, that, or that girl, that guy is beautiful. I'm going to go talk to them. And you yeah. weren't, you know, or you go to the grocery store or you go to the doctors and you know, they may, you, you might have like, for me, I've, I've gone to the eye doctor. I don't know how many times. And finally one finally said, you know what? There's this doctor in Kentucky, uh, go there and he could possibly save your vision. It's like, well, I've been dealing wow. with this for 30 years. Why am I not hearing this? Like, why am I now just hearing this? It's like, yeah. you, you don't really know what you're going to get out of life. And a lot of times you expect to just go there and things happen just like the, you know, the regular, typical, ordinary day of, oh, okay, I've been to the, been to the doctors many times. Yeah. Okay. I've seen many specialists, but doesn't mean they're, you know, and I, I've kind of, I kind of gave up on the idea of anything changing. And then this one person is just like, well, you can go here. It's like, oh, and it's just that like life is funny like that. You know, it is. That's um, characteristics of um, overcomers or survivors, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's that serendipity. That um, yeah. you know, if you if, if you if you don't get out and experience life, and uh, you know, go to places and people and all this stuff. You know, it's like it's the timing to me. See, I mean, like my faith would say. The timing, God was working everything together for that time, you know, and, and for that time and place for you to get this information because maybe the the um, process wasn't as developed as it is now where it could help you, you know, and, and um, uh, that's kind of how I look at it um, because when when – Unusual things happen. I think there's a reason for that happening uh, at that time and place because, like people, like we talked about earlier, people will come and go out of your life, and um, you know maybe you uh, uh, you know you you stop at a a store or um, you know you, you stop someplace just last minute and you happen to run into somebody you know you know and. Uh, that happened to be there also stopped in at the, um, just off on an off chance, you know, that's, there's a, when things like that happen in, in my life, I go, there's a reason why this happened. I don't know what it is. I don't know why, but there's something's going to come out of it because it's so unusual. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, it, it can even come down to even something you're watching. It's like, you know, there's yeah. there's were shows that I put off for years, like I don't feel like watching this, and then I watch it. And I'm like, well, why didn't I watch this? And then I realized, like, <laughs> I think I just needed to watch it. This is something that I kind of needed to hear or needed to see. Same thing. There's certain foods you like 
or you, you like now that you didn't like before. It's like, I don't know. I just, it's not even, you know, it's kind of like yeah. the equivalent to like maturity. Like there's just some things yeah. that you just, all of a sudden you're willing to accept and, and you like all of a sudden and you're willing to experience it and try it. Cause you know, when you're, when you're young, you just, you're dumb. You just do things for whatever mm-hmm. ridiculous reasons. And then, you know, later in life you go like, wow, like that was, that was kind of idiotic, but okay. And then you, you realize how many things like, you know, like, okay, look at, look at Christmas, for instance, like all we want is the the latest toys and video games and whatever. And the, the older you mm-hmm. get, you're like, no, I could really go for yeah. a good pair of socks. Not kidding. I would like some socks. If you gave me socks as a kid, I hope it was a joke. Or at least put it in my stocking. Don't put it in, a, in the gifts because I don't want them. That is so funny. I would rather walk around barefoot for the rest of my life like the Flintstones. <laughs> I don't want socks in my in my Christmas pile of gifts. So, But when you get older, you're like, no, like I really would like some socks. I could use them. Like I'm getting holes in mine and I just, I need new ones. Like I couldn't, like I'm very excited for a new t-shirt or whatever. Like it just, or, or something, whatever, exercise equipment or some some things that you never, the concept of, of, of having for a gift it's like oh my god you just wasted your money because i don't want this i'm throwing this away yeah or i'm giving i'm re-gifting it i don't want this like no i you know what i wanted i wanted the new playstation and you gave me this mm. and it's like <laughs> no it's but so yeah it's just like how things evolve and, and like i said we all i think that's wisdom yeah. yeah i think that's wisdom from from experiencing life you, you learn what's important to you you know the older you get you know yeah, some people grow yeah. up faster, but, you know, most yeah. of us just, you know, you have to go, I and mean, some of us for sure have to go through a hell of a lot to kind of realize what it is, well, not only what our purpose sure. is, but, you know, what the hell, like, you just you just think you're on this wacky journey of, you know, like, it's very easy to get pessimistic in my position, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, life, this is, oh, so my life is just going to suck, I'm never going to smile, I'm never going to be happy, I'm never going to mm. be in love, I'm never, like, it's easy to really come to that realization, like oh okay this yeah. is this is just my normal just never being happy and crying and, and angry, and mm-hmm. then you realize like okay, there's ways to dealing with this. It's just you're not yeah. looking at it from the right view yet. And here go through this, go through that. Oh here's this, and then like I said, the, the podcast again. That was not an intended thing to go on for three and a half years. I just said I yeah. wanted to try to get oh, my yeah. voice out there and talk, but I never expected to do three and a half years. And then all of a sudden, then it becomes a, a technique I'm using to for my exercises. It's like, oh, so now I will do this every day or mostly every day. Mm-hmm. And I stick with mm-hmm. it. And all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of like how I said with you with the podcast. It's like, okay, even if you were nervous, it's like after a while, it kind of becomes so comfortable. You forget that we're not just having a phone conversation like it's been recorded. But, you know, almost an hour right. is already going by with this. And, you know, and, and you know, it feels like five minutes ago we were just like deciding, you know, when we were going to start. So it just happens life is life is just weird it's a journey you just kind of have to accept and you have to just let it kind of do its thing exactly you have to find you have to find a way to enjoy life because just like you said by focusing on ourselves when we're going through hard times it is easy it's so easy to become negative and pessimistic but when you turn that around to helping someone else or like I, I tell people too, if you're going through bad times, 
look at your situation and how can it help others and, and try to help somebody with what you're going through. And because when we take the focus off ourselves and, and point it to others, we realize it, it things aren't as bad as we thought they were. But if you can help somebody else, you find joy in helping somebody. It's, it's just natural. And um, like from what I hear, you know, when you decided to do the podcast, that started changing your outlook because it you wanted to get your voice out there. And so you were thinking of others, too, by starting your podcast. And, yeah. and not focusing so much on, on uh, you know, uh, uh, like like I talk about, not focusing on what you don't have, but what you can give to others. And I, I think that's, that's truly a, a blessing we have that um, because of uh, because of the hardships you face, you can help others in in the same or similar situation to not give up and to keep going because you're part of something bigger. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you don't know that you just start these things and you just play around. And like I said, when I first started, I wasn't even, I didn't have all these microphones and podcast board and all that. I had, you know, I just recorded out of the bottom of my phone. I just put in voice, mm -hmm. voice memos. And then there was one interview I did where I literally like recorded it by putting my phone on voicemail and I used the voice memos app on my iPad and I just put the speakers next to each other. It was the most like it was, oh, it was wow. the most janky <laughs> thing ever, but I still did it. But it worked. <laughs> it worked good enough, but it's, you know, it's nowhere near now where I spent, you know, $600 on a podcast board and God knows how much on a microphone and all that, but I put time and effort because I started to care more. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But I wanted to get up, give up through That's the way wonderful. throughout the, you know, the journey, mm -hmm. but I kept, Someone would, someone would reach out mm -hmm. to me and say, you help me or, uh, or just, you know, I just started growing more of a passion for it and meeting, just having good interviews and meeting people who just brought new things to the table and, you know, their new subject matter. Like I, I never thought about talking to people who, uh, you know, lost their kids. Uh, obviously you also have things, health mm -hmm. reasons, but you know, I never thought about talking to people who had addiction issues or who were homeless or any of that. Yeah. I never thought it was something I cared about. Um, until more late, not only because I've interviewed them, but also I, you know, I have a disdain for how we treat people who are homeless and, um, mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, and it's just the more, and like, there's just little things in my life. Cause I always was asked, like, because I always seem to have had this lost mentality in a way where like this, cause I don't really know exactly what I want to do. And everyone say, what do you want to do? And I go, I just want to help people, but I don't really know yeah. how I just want to help people. Obviously the podcast is one version of it. But yeah. I, I get joy in even just some old lady in a scooter at the grocery store needing mm -hmm. someone to grab the box of cereal at the top shelf. I'm like, okay, because for a long time, I never felt like anyone would ever rely on me, but it's like, oh, yay. And it's like, okay, sure, or whatever. Someone just needs some help one way or another. They need someone to help fill in the gap of some information that they're lacking. Here you go. I heard you talking about this. Boom. Oh, thank you. Because it's, it's nice to just have good conversations and good interactions with people even if they're strangers especially strangers a lot of times because it's like oh yeah. yay there are good people out here and you can laugh and smile it's not all just grins and you know yeah frowns. isn't that true i i know that is so true and and uh 
you know, I, I, I've had that too before. And I, I remember at the grocery store, it was uh, close to Christmas or New Year's, I can't remember now, but during the holidays and this uh, lady in, you know, the little scooter um, uh, with the basket on, you know, around the handlebars um, came up, came down the aisle and she, she said, honey, can you hand me that uh, um, gallon jug of eggnog? And, and I said, certainly. And she said, um, my husband and I used to throw uh, big Christmas parties um, uh, all the time. And it was always the, the social event of the, the season. And she said, he died a couple of years ago, but I still keep doing the, the, the Christmas parties. And if I don't care if, if nobody comes, I'm still going to have a great party. And then she just turned around and just sped off. And I'm like, wow, that's the kind of attitude I want to have. I want to enjoy life, you know, and, and I remember what an impact she had on me. And we're talking about, I don't know, 30, 40 um, second, you know, no more than a minute conversation with a stranger. And, and I thought, I want to have that kind of zest for life. Yeah. And that really stuck with me. And there are some people that just have this like aura about them, their energy, you know, and you're just like, mm-hmm. hi. And you're like, hello. And they're just, but it's not like, because there are some people that it's phony because that's their profession. They, they're getting paid to be overly right. nice. But there are some people you just right. like, you just something about them. You're like, man, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just like being like in your vicinity. Like I like being right here yeah. because you're just entertaining and, or just something about your energy just keeps me wanting to continue to talk to you. Even though I know I probably have 15 seconds with you. I'm just, I'm just happy yeah. we had this little talk, this little conversation. Um, yeah. And that, that's something I've always, that's something I've always I've tried to work on because I don't, I mean, I don't know what kind of energy I give off, especially in person, but I've always tried to just be cognizant of being, you know, giving off the kind of good wavelength, good energy, because I know for a long time when I was in my mental health, like really bad days, mm-hmm. I, people probably just thought I was just a suicidal madman, which they probably had every right to feel that way. Cause I, you know, I was in a bad way. Um, but okay, the, yeah. there's some that I, you know mentioned that I, I told you I wanted to talk to you about on here, um, mm-hmm. kind of like the whole language police and everything, and about like especially the term suicide. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you say it, uh, and there's nothing wrong right. with that. But like, I don't know what what's your take on all that kind of because to me it kind of you know like you know lowers and and like minimizes what actually the experience is and what actually happened to anybody who goes through suicide or sexual assault or any of these type of horrific events. But like, I don't know, what's your take on the whole thing? Well, um, that's a good question. Um, I don't, I don't shy away from, from telling people it, my, you know, my son died by suicide. Um, but I don't, but I don't like to make other people feel uncomfortable. Right, right. And um, and so it would. So when people would say, "How many? How many? Uh, do you have any kids?" And I'd say, "Yes." How many? And it would, depending on how long I was going to talk to this person, I would say two. Um, uh, but but one died, and then and if they asked me, I mean, like I, I. I'll, if you ask me a question, I'll tell you. I, I won't be just like really 
frank, but right, you don't. Want to be I, the party I know people pooper. are curious. Yeah, I know people are curious, and I'll just tell them. Um, and and then some people won't ask, and and that's fine too. Um, but uh, because I don't have a problem talking about it, uh, but I, I I know it makes people uncomfortable, mm. and they don't know what to say to that because I've been in that boat too, <laughs> and. Um, so, you know, if, if, if it, if they find out, you know, he died by suicide, um, they're always like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, and I, and, and I let them know it's, it's okay. You know, I, I've, I've dealt with it and, uh, I choose to, um, remember him, remember the good times. And cause we had lots of good times sure. and it, that kind of helps them, um, process the, it takes the awkwardness out of it, you know, um, but um, it's, I think sometimes I'm kind of, I, I might be more of the exception than the rule. I know there's parents who have lost their child, uh, you know, like a died in a car accident um, or something, you know, they've lost them in some manner, cancer or something. And I feel like um, I don't. I feel like they haven't processed all their emotions through it because they're still suffering for the loss. And there, you can't put a timetable on grief. And I like to tell people that um, because you just have to get to that acceptance stage. You don't even have to go through all the grief stages, but you have to get to that acceptance stage that it happened. Again, you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. But you have to acknowledge that it happened and how are you going to move on? And um, again, adversity can make you bitter or better. And, um, you know, I don't have control over what other people think, but I have control over what I can think, say, and do. And so I choose to present his life in a positive way. That was something that happened that that him committing suicide does not define him, right. you know, and um, because he, he was a, um, a joyful child. Um, he had some issues that he was dealing with um, that I don't know what all they were, um, but I, I'm going to assume, because I really don't like to assume, but I'm going to say it was just adjusting to adult life and um, um, because he growing up he had an um, I won't he had a, he had signs of OCD so he would wake up in the morning and think this is what we're going to do today and if it changed he would have a hard time adjusting and um, so so we learned how to deal with that and he got really good with um, not being so rigid in what he, his expectations were. And um, once he learned to do that, he really adjusted well to life. Um, and a lot of that was from the um, being living in an orphanage from the time he was three years old to the time we adopted him at, at 10. So seven years in an orphanage, you know, um, there was a lot of social development, uh, delayed development, but, um, but overall, he, he was, um, I mean, he enjoyed life. He enjoyed, we had a, a good family life. 
And um, so that one um, that that one situation is not going to be what defines his life to me, you know. Yeah. No. I don't know if that answered your question, but no, I completely um, for people to understand how to go through. That's how I choose to go through it, you know. And as um, but but that's because, like I said, I dealt with the, all those emotions. And you can't go, I, you can't look at it like I, I could have, should have, would have. If only I had done this, because nothing you say or do is going to bring your child back to life, you know. And, and um, so you have to choose how are you going to handle things going forward. Sure. And, and I choose to look at it in a positive light. I, I, as you should. I, again, I, I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with necessarily, like, however a victim or someone who's affected by a situation, however they handle, however they want to talk about it, that's obviously up to them. And obviously you want to kind of right. be aware of how you can offend someone who's really going through something. Because sometimes we may go, we may feel a certain way, feel a certain passion and anger towards something. And then you actually end up hurting someone you're not intended to just because you're angry at the bigger cause. But Right. To me, the problem that I have a problem with, not again, however you deal with it and however parents and so on deal with similar situations, that's fine. It's it's how things are talked about in the mainstream or in social media where it's just like the word suicide or the word like sexual assault end up just being like they're curse words. Like there are words we can't talk about, but then all that does is just mitigate the actual issues because now I have to say unaliving or SA, or all these little cutesy little acronyms and terms that really kind of downplay really what is happening, especially like when in sexual assault, they don't even want anything to deal with salt, assault or sexual, or like, I mean, even like, they're even starting to try to go away from like depression. And, and a lot of yeah. these things, and it's like, no, you, you can't do that, because too many people suffer from these things. Um, like I had a, I had a girl on who um, she, her her son is doing prison time because he he's autistic, um, or, or he, actually mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. I know he she, what she told me he suffers from mentally retardation. Obviously, the word retard in today's society is like, you know, banned. Like you can't right. say it. But even though mentally retardation is a typical, it is a medical a proper medical term for what he is suffering from. That's what the doctor told her, and right. so she still says it. And when I said that to some people, they're like, "Oh my God, I don't think she's a she's not a good mother." I'm like, "No, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's just it's right. words. Like, but anyway, um, like I said, I, I just for me, it just bugs me that we just we try to take away certain things from from like we take the you're trying to take the oomph and, and the real feeling and the disdain yeah. that we have for some of these things because, like I said, suicide is a real thing. People are doing it. Someone's doing it right now, unfortunately. And it is. someone's being sexually assaulted right now, kid, woman, man, it doesn't matter. And it continues to happen. And if we just keep kind of taking some letters off the word or we keep giving it a cutesy little sound so it's like more tolerable to swallow, um, yeah. It, it, kinda, oh, yeah. it takes away, like I said, it takes that impact away from like what is really happening. Because like, you know, like, like it, yeah, like rape is another one. Like no one wants to hear the word rape, but rape is such a good word because when you hear it, it, it hits you in your soul, yeah. like, oh, God. It, it, yeah, oh, yeah. So but, I, but see, if, if, if society desensitizes it by calling it something more generic, it, 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 it'll, people won't be so offended by it, and it'll just be kind, kind of 
the the kind of benign, normal, not a big thing. And I, I don't agree with that either. Um, uh, I don't like having to be careful sometimes of saying things to be po- politically correct. <laughs> um, but uh, nowadays, you just don't you just don't know how it's going to be taken. You know, nowadays people have cell phones. Uh, you know, you say or do something out in public, you could end up being on misconstrued on the internet, you know, an hour later. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> it's, um, I think, I think we just have to, we have to be authentic and we have to be respectful and polite when we choose to, not use those um, dumbed down versions, I guess, of, of the actual word. Um, you know, instead of saying suicide, saying killed himself or. I don't even know if that's know, applicable anymore. <laughs> I, I know. I, well, that, I don't know. I, I had somebody tell me and she did it in a really nice way, but she said, well, you know, I don't think they say committed suicide. I think they say died by suicide. And I was like, well, okay, because I don't know. I don't know how else to say that. I, I, I mean, he, he basically shot himself, you know, and, and that can be pretty graphic to tell people, you know, because it's like I don't want them to feel shock, you know, or make it even more awkward, you know, and. And, and sometimes, like I said, sometimes I'll just say he died and I just leave it at that. So that could be anything, you know, died from, from you know, a health reason or um, car accident. I mean, you know, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, so it just, it just depends. I, I find myself trying not to offend anybody, not politically being politic, politically correct, but just not offending them. Being meaning not making them feel awkward. So, um, like I said, it just depends on the circumstances. But I'm not a, a ashamed that he did that. Sure. At all. But it's like it's, it's just you know it's it's like nowadays if, if I were to tell somebody I'm divorced, um, you know it's not a big deal anymore because you're so used to hearing that you know. Um, oh. But. Um, you know, I, I don't even, uh, I guess you could say I kind of do it too. I, I, I'll just tell people I'm single <laughs> because being divorced means I was married to someone and it's like I just don't dare to acknowledge that anymore. A divorce cuts that marriage tie all together. So technically I am single, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, imagine, and, uh, imagine you showing up to a party <laughs> and it's like, hi, tell me about yourself. Well, I had breast cancer. My son killed himself. I'm divorced. It's like, Jesus, can you say something good about yourself? No, I am getting there. I, I want to let you know that I'm still happy and I'm alive. But it's like, we can't get over the fact that you said your son killed himself and you're divorced and your breast cancer survived. Like, can you go back? Because I don't even care about that you said that you're happy. What about all these negative I, things I you know. said? It's like, no, they're not negative. They happen. Well, I'm alive. We're good. That's why, um, you know, it's like I... I when people say, even I'm learning, even on this podcast, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, it's like, well, what story do I tell? Yeah. I've been through a lot of things, you know, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't want to do the shock and awe, 
you know, it's bad enough just talking about the heart transplant and the divorce at the same time. Right. Um, you know, where people go, my gosh, you know, and, and, um, but yeah, I can say I've been through a lot of stuff and a lot of tragedy, but, um, but I, I've, I've overcome it and, and I am, I'm truly happy in my life now. Good. And, uh, and I want other people to experience that joy. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we kind of get out of here and you promote, uh, what you're came to promote, obviously, besides yourself, uh, why don't you, like, how's your, how's your health these days? Oh, it's great. Um, uh, my health doctors, my heart doctors are just, um, so happy, um, that I'm doing so great. And, um, I've, um, now I got to get my body in shape because I went for about four years with, uh, just trying to breathe was my goal for the day, um, when my heart was giving out. And, um, so I've got to get, um, back in shape and, I've got a, um, like I mentioned, my, my son got married this um, past summer and, and they're expecting, um, my first grandchild. And so I, I, I got to be able to get up and down off the ground. <laughs> I can't do it right now because I'm used to sitting in front of a computer all day, yeah. but, uh, it's great. I, I mean, I really am living the best life I could possibly live right now. And, um, I, I just want other people to know what that feels like. And, and it, I don't have a lot of material stuff. I'll tell you that, <laughs> but, uh, I, it's so, it, it's so easy to find joy, um, in just the simple things of life. And, um, and I'm just, thank you for asking me. Yeah, of course I have to being the person who has up and down health issues, but yeah, it's always good to know someone out there cares obviously not just me but anyone just because it's, it's you know you say all these things and you want to know that something good has come out of this beyond just your your mood because oh, yeah. again you've said a, you said three or four things that are just awful in anyone's life you go through one of them it's awful so it's good that you're like i said you're living a good life and it, it's good to kind of you know talk about how you you know again there's not a lot of materials involved because that's you know, I like to think I'm pretty low maintenance for the most part. I mean, I know I got a lot of shoes and some things I have, but in general, like, I could have a little more if I tried to, but I, I, I like kind of where I'm at. That's why I just, when I go to find and, you know, have a job interview Friday, like, whether I get it or not, like, you know, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not sitting here asking for a crazy amount of money. Like, if it's, eventually I would become rich for some reason, great. But I'm not like it's not yeah. some, I'm not one of these people that that's gonna start wearing like really expensive things. Like I wear some nice stuff, sure. Like my shoes aren't cheap and things. But in general, like when I my mom had a really rich boyfriend for a long time. This guy was a millionaire, and he wow. um, he's like one of the only guys in the one of the only. There's like three ice cream cone companies in the country, and he he's one of them. He would sell to Mr. Softy and whatever else. Anyway. And oh, wow. he, he would just be, he was just this Italian guy. He had like, he would just carry like $25,000 in his pockets. It's like, Jesus, <laughs> dude, what's wrong with you? Um, and I, one day he took me shopping for school, for college. And he was just like, whatever you want, just let me know. Here's the, you know, I got my card. We'll just buy And people just, and they knew that. So they just kept throwing stuff at me. And for a second it felt yeah. good. And then mm -hmm. I just started going, now nah, put some of this back. I don't want this. Like I, I did you know, I, I obliged to some degree. I took a couple pair of jeans, a couple shirts. I think I bought a hat or whatever, 
but like I could have gotten so much more because I just I just didn't like that and I always like envisioned myself if I ever got famous or rich or anything like I would just wear the things I already wear um yeah maybe with a minor adjustment or so but in general I would wear the same shit because I don't I don't really want to change in that aspect I mean yeah maybe wear a suit or something like if you have to go on tv or whatever but every so often you get a little get a little dapper and you indulge in that area but no I'm good I don't I I don't care about stuff like that. I just want to, I'm just trying to live the best life I can. And money's not like, I want to live comfortably, but comfortably not being like, Oh man, I'm making six figures comfortably. Like I already kind of live comfortably. So obviously now I need to find a new job to kind of help add to the income I have. But for the most part, especially for the last so many years, I've lived very comfortably and I never cared too much about having more money. Do I feel like, was I worth more? Yeah. But I never cared because I, I felt like I was doing fine. Well, and and you know when when you go through tough tough times, uh, tough tough hardships, um, things that are important to you can change. You know, um, you you find out what's really what you really appreciate in life and what's really valuable in. And um, I agree, you know, starting over, I, I, I did have to start from scratch because um, uh, my husband and I had a business uh, that I, I ran the day-to-day operations for um, almost 10 years. And, um, you know, I, I, I lost that income. And uh, so I said it, uh, you really find out what's important to you. And I'll, I'll play in my old age another um, piece of advice. The more stuff you have, the more it ta- the more it costs to maintain it. And I had someone say that to me when I was in my younger years, and it's like, no, the goal is to keep up with the Joneses. And and then after a while, you start going, my gosh, that broke. Oh gosh, you got to go get that fixed. Yeah. Or you know, and 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 I realized, you know, that's that's true. I just just keep things simple, keep things low maintenance and find, find joy in more important things and, you know, relationships, um, I think is, is really important and, um, you know, just, um, helping others. I think that is a, a, a real important, it takes the focus off yourself and, and helping others, acts of kindness is a, is, a, is a wonderful feeling to know that you help somebody who wasn't expecting it. Yeah, find what something's worth to you. Like if, if you know, like I, I don't have to, I pay rent, everything's included in it, and I don't have to cut the grass outside, I don't have to shovel the snow, I don't mind it, but do yeah. I want to do it or do I, would I want to pay somebody to do it? Like it's just more money or more effort on my part. Right. So the fact that I don't have to do those things is great. Now, would I like to get a smaller house where I can have a nice little yard and do that? Yeah, but I don't, mm-hmm. like my grandma has a very decent sized yard and she's now, she's 91, she's finally given up. Like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I've been doing it. She's like, she's been, she was doing it this year. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna hire somebody to come in and do it, and you know, mowing get, the yard or yeah, working yeah. in the yard. Yeah, she's wow, that's probably why she's lived so long. Oh yeah, she walks a mile <laughs> a day. Moving. Like she's 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 not your typical 91 year old. She's probably healthier than you. That's, like, that's awesome. She's healthier than most people I know. It's ridiculous. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, and then like I said, she has certain things where I look at like, man, like I should say if I were to take her house, I'm like, I'm looking at all the all the expenses and all the things I would have to do. And, and I'm yeah, like, is it worth it? Now, right now, to me, it isn't. But I think at some point it will be. Um, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So why don't you obviously promote what we, we promote all the things that you need to promote, so people can find you and and all all the goodies. It's true. the 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 best place to find me and to contact me is um, on my website, and it's icoptohope.com, and that's spelled I. C O P E, the number two, and then H O P E dot com. I coach to hope. And um, I have some blogs. And I write a weekly blog. And if uh, you want to sign up for my newsletter, you can do that. And um, my book will be out in November. And I will be offering it for. Um, free on my website and just uh, sign a copy with um, just paying shipping and handling and uh, so um, I'll have some, uh, I've got something up on my website right now and just um, about the book you can find out more about the book to sign up for my newsletter but uh, I also have a free resource um, if your uh, listeners are interested and it's called Three um, Life-Changing Hacks to disrupt thinking traps and reduce stress. And um, it's on my um, website too. It's a free resource. Okay. <clears throat> and I, I'm on all the social media, but that's on my website too. So it's one-stop shopping <laughs> Yeah. That, to contact me. That, that, that's great. Yeah, and that's, that's like when the first iPhone came out, it was like, oh my God, my iPod my yes. my cell phone, <laughs> all these things are into one thing. My camera, all this is like, this is exactly what I needed. Tired of yes. carrying eight different yes. devices. Now I got one thing. So yeah, it's always mm-hmm. good to just kind of have like a, all, all your information in one, just nice, nice yeah. little package. Um, yeah. Well, don't hang up, but might as well just, let's get off of this and you can say goodbye to everybody yeah. and get out of here. But I do appreciate you for coming on, obviously. Okay. Uh, yeah, thank you. Like I said, it's, it's been a joy, and and I enjoy talking to you. And and um, if if there's anything I can do to to help anybody, just let me know. All righty. to episode 187.